This episode is brought to you by Recall Buzz, powered by VinSmart. Learn more about how we can help you with fleet recall management and maintenance updates, as well as capture vehicle history and VIN data. Give VinSmart a call at 1-888-950-9550 or visit us on the web at vinsmart.com slash businesses. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AnvaCast. This week, we're talking about one of the major programs in the Anva community, the National Motor Vehicle Title Information System. And to join me for this conversation and help explain what those words really mean, I'm pleased to welcome Vivian Cameron. Vivian's a senior director at AMVA and is largely responsible for the management and administration of the National Motor Vehicle Title Information System. Vivian, welcome to your first appearance on the AMVACast. Ian, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be a guest on your show. Absolutely. Well, Vivian, I've said the full title twice on purpose. I'm going to say it a third time. The National Motor Vehicle Title Information System, because I want to start this podcast out with, I think those that are in and around the AMVA community, probably the age old question, the correct pronunciation of that acronym. Okay. You're putting me on the spot. (laughs) So in my world, in my head, whenever I see those, that acronym, I I pronounce it NIMVITAS. NIMVITAS. Can you repeat that? NIMVITAS. NIMVITAS. But there are alternative pronunciations, as we like to say. Over the years, there have been, uh, I, I remember at one point, I think somebody called it Mcvitus, the golden arches of vehicle titling. <laughs> so call it Nimvitus, call it Nimvitus, call it an MVTIS. It all does the same thing. So let's talk about what exactly it does. It's a platform that initially was to protect consumers from fraud and unsafe vehicles, as well as to fight vehicle theft. But, but take us back to the origin, the origin story, if you will, of Nimvitis. Yeah, and thank you for that. It's really important as I was thinking about this conversation, I had to refresh my own memory about this. So Nimvitis came as a result of what was happening in society in the early 90s. There was a growing increase of very violent and aggressive auto theft, carjacking at gunpoint, people being killed, this very, very criminal activity with regard to auto theft. So the Anti-Car Theft Act was established to take a number of steps to establish more significant fines and penalties for those involved in in that sort of criminal enterprise, including chop shops, how anyone who was operating a chop shop Again, the fines and penalties associated with that. What is, hang on, a chop shop. That's a, it seems like a term of art that not everyone may know. Yes. So a chop shop would be a scenario where a car is stolen off the street and taken to a auto shop, hence the word chop shop or some other location where it's literally dismantled um, into various parts that folks may want their wheels, they may want engine parts. Um, so it's basically chopped up, not physically necessarily chopped, but taken apart. So that's the term. So those were the two components around establishing more stringent penalties around that sort of criminal activity. The other part of the Anti-Car Theft Act, it's referenced as Title II, is the establishment of the National Motor Vehicle Title Information System. So just to clarify, 
That's the actual name that's in the act. It wasn't something that AMBA created or I created. That is, in fact, the name of the system that was established within the Anti-Car Theft Act. And the, the real core of that component of the Anti-Car Theft Act was to create a, a system, create a way for state agencies to be able to instantly verify and validate title information from another state. Because one of the things as a byproduct of a stolen vehicle, you steal a vehicle, you do, you know, you change the VIN plate to get bad data on a good piece of paper and you sell it to an unsuspecting consumer. That person takes it into the DMV and retitles it. So that vehicle now becomes legitimate because prior to Nimbidus, there wasn't an ability for states to easily validate or verify the paper information coming across their counters. So stolen vehicles were easily reintroduced into commerce unbeknownst to both the purchaser and the DMV not being able to validate that information. So Title II established this system that will enable states to be able to share that information instantly, be able to verify it. So when the when the act establishes that as a mandate upon the states to share and exchange that information, then I guess led to the idea, well, now we, we need a system to be able to do this. It's not something we want to do manually with exchanging pieces of paper across jurisdiction lines. Absolutely. Yeah, that's correct. I think the language in the act really does talk about instantly. So that, that was the intent. It was to create the tool, the system that would in fact support that intent. So then AMVA, as the association that represents state motor vehicle industry, was tasked with, how would you do that? How would that happen? So we were very much involved with it at the onset. At that time, the Anti-Car Theft Act was under the auspices of the Department of Transportation. So we worked closely with them and other stakeholders in beginning to define what the system looked like that would support that particular mandate. So as it's developed and states start to come on board with using the the system, that's not something that happened overnight by any means. It's taken some time to get many of the states on board and operational. It has, absolutely. And, you know, so we talk about the Anti-Car Theft Act of 1992. It wasn't until 1996 that there was funding available to now, how do we make this happen? So there was funding provided by DOT that enabled AMVA to build a pilot program of this system, which we did. And we did that with a lot of assistance from our members that we typically do. And we had a number of states participate in the first iteration, which is the pilot program that ran from 1998 through 2000. At the end of the pilot program, there was a full evaluation did the system as defined and developed meet the requirements and the intent of the Anti-Car Act? And fortunately, it met all of those requirements. 2001, we then had the final version, I would say 1.0 of Nimbidus, that we were then ready to roll out to make available to other states so that they can start participating. And 
2001, there were other things happening in the world. So that's one of the reasons that I try to explain to people, you know, 2001, vehicle theft and fraud no longer was the thing of the day. People were more focused on, you know, identity. Sure. Yeah. So the continuation of Navitas in its pilot form into production continued on. And we started working with a few states at a time, just bringing people on as they were able to do so. So it has taken a while. But I think, Ian, I think the important thing for anyone listening to understand that a state participating in the VITAS is a complex task because in order to meet the requirements of the legislation, which again, kind of referring back, is the ability to instantly verify, right? So it has to be the ability for the states while they are conducting a title transaction to be able to check Numbidus, to be able to get access to Numbidus information. So it sounds simple, but it, it really does require a lot of commitment on the state side in terms of their resources, both technology, as well as their business policy program people to work with us on development. So it, it really, it, it does take time. And in some instances, technology platforms within the states were not as flexible in order to make those changes. So it has taken us some time and all of those things cost money. So it's been long, but we're at a point now where I see the light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> and I still think it's not a it's not a freight train, but we've come very far in the last 20 years. And so where are we now in terms of states having been onboarded and are fully participating? Where, where do those statistics stand? So we have 48 states that are fully participating. And when I say fully participating, it means that not only do they use the system to be able to verify instantly, they're also providing their data because in order for another state to be able to query Novitas, they have to give their title information to the system. So they have provided their initial data and they update their data regularly. A number of them do it in a real-time online basis. So if I'm a clerk in the Maryland Motor Vehicle Agency and I'm doing a title transaction, I ping the VITAS, I get the information I need, I pull it in, complete my transaction, I update my state title record, and they also update the VITAS. So it's, it's beautiful. I mean, the whole integration that has been created. So it does take time and it does take effort. So fully participating are states that are providing their data and they're also using Numbidus as part of their day-to-day titling activity. And the third component, I have to be sure I include that, that third component is that they're all paying. States pay user fees in order to participate in the system because that's one of the funding sources for the system. For the folks that are listening that are not as experienced with title transactions, break this down for me as to what this means when we check So if I'm a Maryland resident and if I was to move somewhere into a new state and wanted to move my vehicles into that state, I'm going to walk into the branch office and show them my Maryland titles. Right. What are they doing then with that transaction that involves Minvitis while I'm standing there? So in that situation, when you go into the new state with your title, what they're able to do is to confirm that yes, this vehicle was titled in Maryland, um, and the information that's on the paper document matches what is actually in the Maryland title record. So there's a level of assurance created 
that this is not necessarily a fraudulent activity. We also check whether or not the vehicle has been reported as stolen. That's part of the Nevada check that the states take advantage of. So by checking Nevada's, you're confirming the validity of the information being presented. You're also checking the status of whether or not there's a theft record on this vehicle. And additionally, in the new state, as I'm retitling that vehicle, Nevada's also gives you a history. So it tells you if this vehicle has been titled in a number of other states and whether or not there have been any events relative to that vehicle. When I say events, we use the term brands, but it really is any activity that would have a financial impact on the value of the vehicle. For example, the vehicle had been in an accident collision that was being salvaged in that it needed to have some repairs done before it could be roadworthy. That information may have some bearing on how, in my state, I retitle that vehicle. Because if that salvage event has not been addressed in the prior state, my state may have requirements before that vehicle can be put on the road. So again, it really provides the new state with a lot of current information as well as some historic information that can impact how they choose to retitle the vehicle in their state. So it's giving the new state a much more comprehensive view of the vehicle other than just simply what the customer presents. And there, that new state, just to further with this example, when they're going and find that information, clearly they're not just getting that information from, in my example, the Maryland MVA. That new state is actually starting with the Maryland MVA, but then through Nimvitis, they're accessing other resources as well. Right. So they're actually their initial query is to Nimvitis. And Nimvitis, the way we structured it, and I, you know, without getting into the architecture conversation, but Nimvitis has a database, a central file of core data from all of the states that have data in the system. And it, it's not the entire title record, but it's enough information that when somebody is querying a VIN, we know where it's currently titled, where it was previously titled, some information on odometer readings, history of odometer readings. So you ping the VITAS from the new state, and the VITAS says, yep, that vehicle was titled in Maryland. We give you some of that general boilerplate information, and we also ping Maryland and say, hey, Maryland, do you have any more current information? on this vehicle, and if you do, can you shoot it over to the new state? So it really is a national search. It's not just a one-on-one search. Uh, Nevitas is, at this point, the national repository of, right now, those 48 states that are participating. A subset of their title data is held in that central file that we talked about. And that's the initial ping. And if you want more current information, and if it's available from the state that is the current state of title, Nevitas facilitates the message to Maryland to say, New State is looking for additional, more current information do you have. And then at the same time, is it facilitating drawing information from other databases besides that other state to get things like that stolen vehicle information that you mentioned? As part of that query, we ping Nevitas. At the same time, we ping the National Insurance Crime Bureau. That's our source for theft information. And we also ping the current state of title. So all of those queries are done instantaneously 
the responses are packaged together and sent back to the state in one, my IT people will tell me, one packet of information. <laughs> so it's all very quick. Our service response time for state on this is seven seconds. Wow. From point of query to the data back. So it's a very, very efficient process. And, and it has to be because these, you know, as you well know, Ian, states are doing transactions with customers in front of them. Oh, sure. They can't wait. So it's a very efficient inquiry process. One of the many things that I find interesting is a lot of our IT platforms at Anva are built under that fundamental connecting the motor vehicle administrations to each other and then sometimes to federal government to be able to verify. Um, the VITIS is even more unique in that there is a role and a connection to certain parts of the private sector that work within this vehicle history, a vehicle life cycle industry, if you will. So can you talk a little bit more about that element of Nimbidus for us? Absolutely. So I've been talking a lot about the state side of Nimbidus. There are two other aspects of the system which were identified within the Anti-Car Theft Act, but not fully flushed out as to what those things would look like. And that talks about what other data should be reported to Nimbidus and then who has access to Nimbidus. So let me finish the whole data collection piece. So in addition to the state data, we also have data that's reported by any business or entity that handles vehicles that are deemed junk salvage, or in the case of an insurance company, anything that they've deemed to be a total loss under the Anti-Car Theft Act and its subsequent regulations. Those businesses, junkyards, salvage yards, recyclers, all of those kinds of folks who handle vehicles that are drug salvage, have an obligation to report that information to Nevitas. If they handle five or more of those kinds of vehicles annually under the Nevitas regulations, they have to report information to Nevitas with regard to those vehicles that they have in their possession. So they report information that, okay, this vehicle, this VIN was in my possession. I obtained that vehicle on you know June 13th. At the time I received the vehicle, I haven't determined whether or not I'm going to sell it or I have determined that I'm going to crush it or that I'm going to scrap that. So then they tell us what the disposition is of that vehicle. So that's another set of data relative to that vehicle that's now added to the central file that we talked about earlier, that when another state does a query into Nevitas, they also have access not only to the information from a case of Maryland, but there's also information that says, you know, Salvage Yard X reported that they had this vehicle in their possession. And oh, by the way, the disposition is that the vehicle has been crushed. So now you have this additional data. So Nevitas now has two sets of data in the data that's collected. It's the state title information and then the information from the junkyard, salvage yards, and other entities that handle those kinds of vehicles and insurance total loss vehicles. All of that is what makes up the central file data that states have access to. So to your question, Ian, those entities that have an obligation to report to Nevitas do so through, we have relationships with private sectors to serve in a role that we call data consolidators. They do exactly that. They consolidate all of that required data from the tens of thousands of those businesses that must report to Nevitas 
they report to those data consolidators directly, and those data consolidators consolidate that information and then submit it to Movidus in a batch format. So we're not dealing with 10,000 plus individual entities. We're dealing with four data consolidation services. So again, there's this whole other universe of businesses that have a relationship with Novitas, and all of that was fully defined under the final rules for Novitas that were published in 2009. That was not defined when we built the pilot program back in uh, 1998. So this was an enhancement that we had to build in 2009. And so all of that's done in the context, again, of where a state is checking this title transaction to make sure a stolen car isn't unknowingly coming into their state, that a car that has been deemed no longer roadworthy, whether that's because of crash damage or it was flooded, whatever that makes it unsafe, cannot appear back on the road. And the the state serves almost as a safeguard to make sure that doesn't happen. Absolutely. But another element that you referenced earlier on is you know, empowering consumers to be protected from those stolen cars being restolen or a flooded car being resold as if it didn't have damage. I'm sure there's other examples. By the time they get to that counter with the title trying to make the transaction, they're they're stuck with that vehicle. So how do they leverage Nimvitis before they get to that state? Yeah, and that's a really great question. So what I have covered thus far really talks about the data that Nimvitis has. Now, shifting one of the key tenets of the Anti-Car Theft Act is Nevada's data needs to be available too. So there's a whole set of requirements in terms of folks have to have access to the data. The consumers have to have access to the data for exactly that example that you outlined, Ian, so that customers do not knowingly purchase a vehicle that is stolen, that has some sort of fraud associated with it. So we, we have set up a program that we refer to as our consumer access program. And it's it's set up in such a way that we partner again using third-party partnerships with entities that are called approved Nevada's data providers. They obtain from AMBA the data, the raw data on a VIN, and they create a vehicle history report that they then sell to the public. A number of them sell just generally Nevada's information, which includes the current state of title the title issue date, prior states of title, where the vehicle was titled previously, whether or not there are any adverse events associated with that title, whether or not, again, whether or not it was flood damage at some point, whether or not it was salvage at some point. Then there's the junk salvage information, whether or not the vehicle was ever in the possession of a salvage yard, or whether or not it was deemed total loss by an insurance company. Those are the kinds of data points that are available to the public so that when they are considering purchasing a vehicle, they have the opportunity to go to one of our currently 15 approved Novitas data providers and purchase a Novitas report. Pricing varies, so there's not one standard fee, but the variation in pricing really, in most cases, some of our partners have supplemented their vehicle history report with other information from other sources to really give the consumer a much more comprehensive report. But it's just one of the key tenets of the Anti-Car Theft Act was also not ensuring that states can do instantly reliably verify, but also to give the consumers you know, a reasonable 
ready access so that they can make informed purchase decisions of used vehicles coupled with a vehicle inspection. It's like a two-pronged approach. Get in the this vehicle history report. And you know, one of the things, Ian, that I always have to explain is that we are not on the Nevada's side in particular. We're not saying that we have all the critical information about a vehicle. The intent is the five or six data points that we have give the consumer information which either they have to reconsider the vehicle or if they weren't thinking of doing the inspection, maybe they will because something is a little hanky or it may be fine and it just reinforces that they, they thought it was a good vehicle, it looked like a good vehicle. So it's a great tool for consumers. It's a generally low-cost tool for consumers and We've done some work in the last couple of years to try to promote this to the general public. We've got some brochures that our states make available. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of people are going to state offices in the last year and a half. But we've also done some videos. We have a video that's Check Before You Buy, which is geared to the public, which is reminding folks that before you buy a used vehicle, check them with us because it's the right thing to do. But it's also the same system that if you do buy a used vehicle without having checked Nevitas and you take that paperwork to the DMV, DMV is going to be checking Nevitas. So why be surprised? Why not check Nevitas before you go to the DMV because you may get your feelings hurt. So it's quite a complex and a rich system with lots of data available to states, available to consumers, available to the private sector. How do we know that it's working? And I don't mean, how do we know that it's working in terms of the transactions happening, but in terms of it was created to do certain things, prevent stolen vehicles from being sold, protect states, protect consumers, to do all those things. Have we been able to assess over this time that it is making an impact in the areas that the original act intended? So that's a great question. From the state perspective, let's start there. From the state user perspective, every year we produce an annual report. And as part of that, we report out on system performance. And we consistently hear from our state users of the system of the benefits that they have seen from their participating in the VITAS and what it's done for their processes, identifying those negative vehicle events that were not showing up in the current title that did impact how they would retitle that vehicle. So in that case, they wouldn't be unknowingly retitling an unsafe vehicle. The interactions with the customers have been much better because, again, people are operating with better information from a, the impact of what we call cloned vehicles where vehicles are stolen and the VINs are used on other vehicles. Novitas has really helped to identify those sorts of situations. And we've also had, again, just overall improvement in being able to identify fraudulent activity while it's happening or minimize the amount of fraudulent activity because Novitas will point out where you've got some inconsistencies within enables a state to ask a question or get law enforcement involved and find out that this is something that's led to a much more complicated investigation. So as we look forward now, Vivian, all states either on or in the process of getting on. Yes. So soon it's reasonable to expect that you'll have full participation and the process of onboarding states will be a thing of the past. So where does the future of the 
start to focus? What becomes the next generation of evolving it once everybody is on? Yeah, again, a great question. So we've spent the last 20 years bringing everybody on board. Part of that time we've also spent as states rewrite, and the term that's used now, modernize their systems, um, their titling systems. For those of you familiar, systems were written in COBOLs and all sorts of different archaic languages they've had to rewrite. So when that rewrite activity happens at a state level, it also involves them rewriting that Navitas interface. So in addition to bringing all of the remaining states on board, we have begun also working with some of those same states as they are rewriting their title application. So they're modernizing their title application. So although the heavy lifting has been done, getting most of the states on board, the future for Novitas is really continuing to support those states that are participating. Because the thing that Novitas has been successful in is, as I mentioned previously, States really rely on the system. The system is part of how they function, how their title business functions. So as they enhance and make their systems more efficient, the interface with Novitas also has to be updated and rewritten. And that continues to be something that AMVA supports and is essential because it has become so critical at a state level. In addition to that, like any other system, Novitas has to move with the times in terms of technology and the architecture. So we are at a point now where we're just in the very preliminary stages of modernizing the Novitas architecture and platform. For those of you familiar with those terms, last year we moved to the cloud. And so that technology is now available to us. With that technology, we are looking to take advantage of the efficiencies that operating on that platform bring. So we are in the process of modernizing some of our applications in order to leverage that. So when you talk about the Novitas future, it's a future of continual enhancement and continuous improvement to make sure that the system functions at optimum so that the users, the states and the consumers and the junk salvage industry really get the full benefit of working within the system. So it's you birth a child and you have to continue to care and feed for it. And that's where we are right now, you know, in our 20th year of the program, we have to look after it moving forward. So that's the future. We're right smack in the middle with the very beginning actually of modernization. We're rewriting some of our applications, one of the ones that we're doing as part of this year is the job salvage and insurance reporting program. That's where those entities report through us. When we built that application, it was in 2009, right after the regs were published. We had 90 days to stand it up. We built it. It was It's not pretty, but it works. But with all of the technology enhancements, we've got opportunities to make it better. So we're doing that. Then we have a number of other things that are scheduled on the state side, on some of the state applications, et cetera. So the future is more work, but again, it's to an end of continuous improvement, making the system better and more efficient and useful to all of the users. Now, as we start to wrap up, Vivian, something that uh, dawned on me is, and we'll go back to your word picture of we birthed the child and started to grow up. Well, when we when we birthed it, if you will, the, the godparents was Department of Transportation, as you mentioned. However, they are not the ones that we work with anymore on this. They, they gave us up. In 1996, there was a move 
to shift responsibility for the Anti-Car Theft Act to the Department of Justice under the Anti-Car Theft Improvement Act. And that was really because there wasn't a lot of action being taken by the DOT with regard to the system. And it, it made more sense since there was the Anti-Car Theft Act that justice would be the more appropriate federal agency, the FBI in particular. So yes, yeah, so right now the federal agency responsible for Nevidas is in fact the Department of Justice. The Bureau of Justice Assistance in particular under the Office of Justice Programs are the ones responsible for the program. And AMVA, which I probably didn't mention, our role at the onset has been that of system operator. We operate and maintain the system under a cooperative agreement with the Department of Justice. Most recently, we just renewed that cooperative agreement. Well, Vivian, thank you. I feel like we've spoken for a while, and in many ways, we've barely scratched the surface of an invitus, and perhaps that'll have uh, you and others some back in some future episodes to talk about some of the other aspects of that. But I think it's been great to introduce our listeners, especially those that maybe don't work in this space, to understand what this platform is about and why it exists and the great work all our members are doing every day in those title transactions to leverage Invitus to protect their customers and to keep our roads safe. It's been great. I, again, really appreciate the opportunity. As you know very well, I could talk about this forever <laughs> because it's such a critical program for our members and for, as you've mentioned, other folks who may not necessarily think that they're impacted. Your vehicle is probably your second most significant purchase. And utilizing the Vitas as a consumer is really a way to protect yourself. Um, and from a state perspective, it's really the way the states help you protect your asset by ensuring that title transactions don't occur that shouldn't be happening. So it really is a core program for anybody that owns a vehicle in the country. Well, that's a really great way to sum it up and to, to finish this episode. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Want to thank all our listeners for tuning in this week. Want to thank our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. And we'll see you all right back here on the Anvacast. Until then, stay well, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Anvacast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode is brought to you by Recall Buzz, powered by VinSmart.